Untangled Knots is an attempt to explore the internal and external world. I have guests from different countries and backgrounds, and we talk about the things that make us excited and the things that we care about. If you like what I or any of my guests have to say, then check out our other projects. There are links to all our socials and everything in the description. Here? Yay! Yo, how you feel today? One in from my end. Hey, what time is it? It's 11. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 11.21, Nigerian time. What time you wake up usually? Let me see, around um, 5, sometimes 8 a.m. Why so early? Because I need to create content. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you're busy from early in the morning? Yes, sometimes I, I, I need to wake up in the, in the middle of the night for engagement purposes. Whoa, okay, so all for hype or other stuff too? So you're, you're yes, a blog yes. get hype, right? So I, I engage from 11.30 to maybe 2 in the morning and, and I sleep from 2 to 5 and I wake up by 5. Whoa, okay, okay. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, I've been doing that for four years now. Really? A lot of other friends are doing that too, right? Yes, but mostly me, mostly, mostly. Uh, so in Japan, most of the people, most of the people working a regular job, I think they woke up, wake up at 6 or 7, but... I think people working freelance or not on a schedule, most people wake up eight, nine, maybe. Yes, um, that's true. That's true. You know, I'm a, we, we are we are all freelancers. Okay, you. I don't know if you're a full time freelancer or a part time freelancer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which you are. But I'm full time. When did you? When do you wake up in the morning? Okay, so I try to wake up around nine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, usually it's more like. 10 or 10 30 but that also has to do with just like uh some health issues and like uh not being able to sleep Ooh, i get that i get that yeah i said i used to have those health issues too that keeps me up very late but then well and that continues to now but you know it's the life we chose we have to live it so you, you just want to be active on your blog like all the time and that's why you... not, not just that not just that you know the blockchain is spread to so many places. Yeah. You can game and content. Uh -huh. You can um, you can just create. Basically, for now, it's not as if I'm I'm full time on the chain. Or uh -huh. I'm looking for how to diversify uh -huh. my time. I I don't see any lucrative way to do that for now. Uh -huh. So that's why it's always hundred percent on the chain. So I sometimes I play my games for six hours. That's crypto sometimes. crypto gaming, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Splinterlands. So explain that to people. Anyone that doesn't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will in the course of the in the course of the the video. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I really wanted to ask you when I first came to Hive. So Hive is this uh, platform, this blogging platform uh, that we're both active in. And when I first came to Hive, I didn't know anything about Nigeria. Uh, I just had these kind of like little images that. Maybe I saw over the years, which are maybe not such great images or ideas <laughs> that people shared. And uh, just being at Hive, I met so many awesome Nigerians and it really changed my whole idea about what's going on there. But I'm still yeah. kind of, I'm figuring it out, right? So last time when we were talking, the Wi-Fi went out, right? Yes, actually, <laughs> so sad. Yeah, I want to know more about that though, because like in Japan, when I pay for Wi-Fi, I pay... I pay the phone service for one month and usually it's like, it's expensive. It's like uh, 80, 90 US dollars and I get 
unlimited access at home and then maybe like 50 gigs outside. So it's a totally different system for Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a totally different system. I mean, um, we have unlimited here too. We have unlimited, but it's, it's, it's a plan for uh, big companies, big tech companies that yes. there's a lot of, a lot of internet. So um, individuals can hardly afford to get unlimited access because it's very expensive. The average, um, the average Nigerian would um, would not spend that much it's because it's not really valuable to them. You don't spend much on something that doesn't give you back an income. So, uh, but people in Nigeria are huge consumers of internet data, but then um, they are mostly exploited by this data companies, these data companies enjoy a certain kind of, um, can I call it joint monopoly? You know, they have this, they have this, um, huge power to, you know, um, exploit people without people having to complain because they don't have choices. When you don't have a choice, you only complain or you continue using because you don't have another choice or another option. So these people are so exploitative. So what they do to you is they sell cheap, cheap internet data to you, you know, and um, they manipulate the way they, you know, read this data. If they tell you that it, it would last you for a month before um, two weeks, it's finished. So they have an, an algorithm you know, to which they do these things. They exploit people and um, because people do not have um, other plans, we have about four or five of these companies in Nigeria, just four or five of them that uh, provides this service to over 300 million Nigerians. Out of these 300 million Nigerians, let's say um, 180 has the money to get a phone that has access to internet. These people are paying within these five companies. If you switch from this data company to the other, it's more or less like the carrots and stick approach. They, they give you something and they take more in return from you. At the end of the day, the users are collectively losing or not having enough value for their money. So you have unlimited plan as well, but it's very expensive. It's only people who make money out of this data glance that actually goes to the length of spending that much money because a regular person would not buy whatever, you know, or something that, you know, would not profit them. Why spend on what? You are not getting back from my own plan that I bought the other day. It was supposed to last for a long period of time, but it finished faster than I expected. And, and it, and it caught me out of that, um, live section. The last time we were talking now, it's really embarrassing as well. Oh, no, was... Nah, you don't need to be embarrassed about it. Wait, but so you, you pay now day, day by day. No, I, I actually pay, I actually pay for one week. But that one week access is not is not unlimited. Finish on the third day yeah. or on the, on the fourth day. Yeah, it's always the third or the fourth day. It doesn't get to a, to, the, to the fifth or the sixth day. How much does it cost for a week though? I I can't convert the naira to dollar valuation. So, but I'll tell you how much it costs in the naira form. Yeah, it's not really about how much it costs yeah. in dollar valuation because people in Nigeria don't earn in dollars or the cost of this internet subscriptions on on people um depends on how much they are particularly earning so how much they are earning would determine if it's expensive or if it's cheap it might look cheap in the dollar like oh, if you convert it to dollar, it might look cheap 
and it's not cheap for people who are not earning in dollar. That's something else I want to talk about, like about the different cost of living and, and like the uh, how much people earn per, you know, for uh, different kinds of work and stuff. Because, you know, we see stuff in the news about like people earning this much a day, but the reality is really different when you're there. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so I was kind of curious about, uh, if you tell me a Naira, how, how much Naira does it cost for internet service? A regular person would spend close to 5,000 Naira per month on internet subscription, but the heavy users might spend 10,000 Naira. The ones who actually use it to work online I spent close to 15 or 20. 15 to 20. Okay. So the cheapest one you said is like 12 US dollars, but like how much is a meal? Like if you're, if you're going to eat a meal, I don't know. Let's say a cheaper restaurant. Okay. Uh, we, we, okay. We have, we have different kind of restaurants. Yeah. 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 We have, we have the ones for the regular, or not. we, we call it, call it Buka over here. Buka. <laughs> What's Buka? Yeah. Uh, it's the short form of a local restaurant. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, is the short form of, of, of saying canteen, for example. Or oh. um, when you say canteen, when you, when you mention canteen, you know, the regular person uh, would think, oh, the place to eat for poor people. That's, that says exactly what a regular person okay. would think. When you mention restaurants, you know, um, it feels as if, oh, that should be a high-class place for people to eat. But when you, say buka, when you say canteen, your mind basically flashes to the fact that, oh, this should be places for poor people who don't have money. Listen, that's probably where I want to eat though. I mean, that's like the really local places, right? Yeah, we have the local places as well. And um, is, is that the same as Buka? Yes, yeah, yeah. The local places, yeah, the local places, you can call them Buka. Okay, I don't know where these names generated from. <laughs> you can have a meal for for less a dollar, half a dollar, that's 50 cents. You can have a meal for 30 cents and even 20 cents. How many naira is that? Okay, like for, for okay. Due to the inflation in Nigeria currently, the inflation is currently beating so hard in, in the economy. Um, the prices are skyrocketing daily. Um, back back in the days, like let's just say two years ago, um, when you have two hundred naira, two hundred naira is about uh, what can I call it? About forty cents now, thirty five cents. I'm not sure. When you have two hundred naira, two years, you could eat at least fairly well, fairly okay. Not 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 good, just fairly okay. But now you can't have that money and eat fairly okay now. When you can't have two hundred naira and eat fairly well in a local restaurant in a, in a poka, you can't eat. But when you have close to four hundred to five hundred, you can eat fairly well in a poka. That's about um, that's about a dollar ninety cents to a dollar. You get meat as well. You can you can get meat. You know you can get uh other things that should come with the food. Nigerians consume meat a whole lot. We don't have vegans here majorly. So meat is, is a huge substance when it comes to food. But in fact, if you don't eat with meat, you are considered to be, be a poor eater. Majorly eat with meat. Like a status marker for people to eat with meat. So but when you want to eat in a quite classy restaurants as well, you should prepare to have about five to ten dollars. They are not selling their food. They are selling the location of the place. You know, you, you when you go to lo uh, local restaurants as well, uh, street where you go to eat street food in local restaurants, um, the locations are always very shabby. There no fanciness. You don't get fancy places. You don't get fans. You don't get air conditions. You don't get good chairs. Just for you to eat and get out of place. Sure. But where you're going to, where you're going to a huge or a, a, a quite 
decent or affordable restaurants okay these affordable restaurants to have levels as well you have mm-hmm. where um rich people go to eat and you have a, where average people go to eat and you have people who are selling okay goes to eat at varying in prices as a result of where it's actually located like there are places in lagos lagos is probably the, ex- the most expensive place to live in nigeria you can particularly buy food in 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 some places in lagos for five dollars that same exact type of food but when you go to somewhere else you buy it cheaper because of the location places like banana island in lagos uh, places where it is deemed that there are there are wealthy people who live there or well-to-do people things are explicitly expensive in these places rich people spending money not just because they want to derive value spending money because they have that money to actually that, spend as i prove that they have yeah 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 i can i can imagine that but like uh if you go to those places sometimes i don't know about in nigeria but in some countries you go to those places and it's the food's not actually better it's just that they have a nice kind of fancy atmosphere and you can show your friends they present it nicely and things like that is it is it similar there where sometimes you might feel disappointed with the food when you spend that much money yeah i had quite an experience like that there was a place where i used to i used to need or um, back when i was in school it's not as if um the food is that good people are flocking there because that's probably the most decent restaurants in the area not decent in the terms of the food decent in the terms of building of, of how fancy it looks so um, i've gone to such a place where you know you, you, you buy over or overcooked chicken or a chicken that is saturated with too much oil and you pay so much for this food and you're really disappointed and, and the thing is sometimes you go to some places who sell street food and they have much more quality food yeah. and these places that looks big and huge and yeah. fancy the traveling was like that too it's like when i went to thailand i remember some fancy restaurant it cost like 10 times more than the street food but i would probably choose the street food every time uh, yeah yeah, it, it depends. Like you said, people would would mostly go for street food, but then rich people won't go for street food because they think the quality is quite lower and it's not really hygienic. Uh, they don't want anything to tamper with their their health. So um, it's true that fancy places are much more neat or decent physically, and the way the foods are prepared are quite better. Um, so these are the factors that makes people. In a little bit in dilemma whether to choose street food or go for a fancy food, basically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I first started at Hype, though, when I when I started blogging and I met all these Nigerian friends, uh, one of the things that really shocked me though was that I had no idea there were restaurants like that. Like uh, when we hear about Africa, we don't imagine that there's fancy restaurants. So that, I mean, I, there's probably some people that know that, but I think most people in the states and Japan don't even imagine that. We really don't know that much about Africa. It's a shame, but <laughs> I guess I guess that's actually it's probably because we are not marketed enough to the other side of the world. Oh. Um, although people people outside the country know about Nigerians, but they do not really know about Nigeria itself, the country itself. When you, when you, when you go to when you go to so many places in the world, you would see so many Nigerians. In fact, there is no country in the world where you go where you would not see a Nigerian. Every country. The, the Nigerian, but then these people knows this Nigerians, but did not know how it feels back in Nigeria, and they don't know about the economic state of the country. Yeah, they don't know about about the lives of people over there. Yeah, uh, the GDP, 
uh, uh, the, the lives of people in general, uh, what counts and what doesn't count. Okay? And that's because, you know, um, I feel the system in which the country is built is in the country itself. That's why it's majority that. So Nigerians are the ones doing better jobs of selling themselves. And that's why when you see Nigerian musicians go to other countries, you know, you see them do a, a, a or better jobs of marketing the, the country itself, uh, rather than the government or the leaders are actually doing. When you see talent shows all over the world, when you go to universities, you see Nigerians who are actually excelling, you know, and doing so well outside the country. These people are the ones that are doing better jobs, uh, marketing what the country feels like uh -huh. and the people. The media, the internet has done a better job of showcasing the world, what Nigerians are, what they are not. That's a better way through which people know about Nigerians. You see, it's actually better now that there is social media, you know, um, and when, when you look at so many aspects of the world, you see that, you know, um, people from so many parts of the world are, are getting married to Nigerians. So I used to have a girlfriend from the Philippines. Really? Um, yes. <laughs> These people are, are, are so fascinated by, 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 by us and, and how we live and, and our struggles and um, our lives and, you know, so many things about us. I think people are doing much more better jobs of marketing themselves yeah. other than the governments are even doing that. Well, it's also that, like, I think in general, people around the world, most people are not really that actively seeking out the lifestyles of other people. They're not like looking to find out how people here live and how people there live, which is why I wanted to do this really, because I like, I think it's really important to know, you know, it's important to know that. And when you, when you get like a kind of uh, curated feed of, of what's happening, then sometimes it shows too much of the negative aspects or sometimes it shows too much of the positive aspects and you don't get like a really, like countries are really complicated and, and uh, diverse, you know, before leaving the States, most people that come to America. I feel like we basically, if they say they're American, we treat them like American. And if they say they're Nigerian, we say, oh, that must be different, right? And, and whatever they say about it, we just believe it 100%. And we don't imagine that there's other people in different situations there. So you have one person yeah. coming from one tribe or, or one religion, they have a very different experience from someone else, right? But we don't think about that when we think about this country. We just think about, oh, my friend said that, so it must be that kind of country. Yeah, and I, I find like a lot of people make that kind of really simplistic view of things when it's never that simple. It's like that concept of, of, the, of the head mentality. Um, I used to have a friend of mine who lives in South Africa. He's in Nigeria and stays in South Africa. He's on, he's on the blockchain. He's on, high, on the high blockchain as well. So uh, we used to talk so, so much. You know, but there is this thing happening in South Africa. It's, in, it's called xenophobic attacks. You know, um... Uh, the South Africans are, are trying to chase away the foreigners that are in their country, starting with the Nigerians. Because of this, you know, it's, th there's this widespread belief that um, Nigerians are bad. You know, um, a lot of population in South Africa believes that Nigerians are bad without even having a close relationships with the people who they are calling bad. They don't know them firsthand. They only heard. And, and because they heard, you know, they, they, they totally believe that that's actually what that's actually the reality of things so um and and they don't want to like have anything to do with nigerians simply because they heard it and not because they experienced it so if this kind of thing can happen in south africa 
I think it can basically happen anywhere in the world. It's it's much more complicated than Nigerians are very complicated people. I believe humans in general are complicated. Nigerians yeah. are, are, are not different too. This is to say that we don't have bad Nigerians, okay? We are suffering from the actions of bad Nigerians currently. You know, we have monopolists who are who are ruling the country. Uh, the system is is meant to, you know, particularly favor some part of some people. So we have Nigerians who are are, are very bad, but then we have, we have Nigerians who are great people, who are loving. Who, uh, yes, you have so many great Nigerians. When I came to Hype, some of the people who helped me progress are some Nigerians as well. So um, we have some great people as well. Nigeria. In fact, you have more great people once you get to meet the right people. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> I have that experience everywhere where regardless of what the image of the country is, whatever the reputation is, you always find like wonderful people there. You know, the majority is always decent people. When you, a lot of times when you work in a certain industry or you do a certain kind of, uh, you know, you, you, you're surrounded by a certain kind of, uh, sometimes the people that are doing bad things. They do whatever it takes, you know? And so we see them first. And so a lot of places yeah. get this bad rap because of that, you know, because the people, the people that are uh, not doing great stuff, they, they kind of, they're, they're really easy to find because they're right in the forefront because they did whatever it took to get there, you know, whatever it took to get successful or, or and you have that with like politics and, and fame too. You know, I think you have uh, in, Lots of countries where the people, they do whatever it takes to get to the top. And so that's what we think of when we think of a politician or that's what we what we think of when we think of a CEO, even people that do whatever it takes. Sometimes they're not always the best people, but <laughs> it's it's complicated, too. I don't know. It's complicated. Uh, there's good people that do bad things and bad people that do good things, too. And uh, I, I don't even buy into this idea of good and bad people. I think it's all just a matter of uh, what you what you experience and how you interpret that and how you react to it yeah exactly exactly but so okay so so you're freelancing full-time with this kind of crappy internet situation right i have no choice but to do that sometimes i i wish i could badly name or everything to go to a better system where everything works but i'm because i because there are so many factors that you have to consider for living. Living in Nigeria is one of the most expensive things you'd ever do. Wow. Yes. And 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 if you don't have a plan, uh, you'd you go back to ground zero. So there are sometimes I, I wish to I need the system, but I don't have a choice but to just keep. Most times the system fails you a lot because you don't have any other choice. You just have to make do with it. That's one of the reasons why um, these things happen. Um, because they know that people do not have a choice. You don't have they don't have a choice. They don't have a, uh, uh, another way to mitigate what is happening to them. So they keep doing what they are doing because they know people do not have a choice. Choice is actually power. When you have choice, you have power. You have power of selection. When you are limited in choice, uh, you are not empowered. So that is the situation. Yeah. But I know what you mean about like uh, leaving countries. I, I don't know the situation in Nigeria for leaving uh, the country, but in general, if the living cost is cheaper and you go somewhere where the living cost is more expensive, it's so difficult. Like I, I did that before. I was traveling in Asia and then I came to Japan and like the difference, the amount of money that I had to make here was just so much more than I was used to living on there. 
I mean, I wouldn't have been able to come here if it weren't for a, a local friend that basically said, uh, he said, you can stay in my house for as long as you find a job for free. Once you find a job, you can pay me some like uh, kind of like uh, 60% of the regular cost of that room. And uh, if I didn't have him, then I wouldn't have been able to come back. He, he offered me that and that's how I came back here. Uh, and, wow. and my situation is where, where like I can go back to the US and start working a job again, you know? But I guess if you're in a, you know, if you're in a country with a kind of more competitive economy, not that U.S. is not competitive, but uh, it's more kind of uh, like uh, less opportunities, then it's even harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so freelance work now, like um, are a lot of people finding jobs with like companies or are there companies that people work for? Or is are most people trying to like, what is the goal for most people in Nigeria when it comes to like going to school and finding a job? Yeah, it's relative. People love, oh. I think people, people like kind of like limit their choices by default. Yeah. In Nigeria, for the regular Nigerian, it's yeah. either you go to school or you learn a trade or you get a vocation. It's either you learn how to be a tailor, you learn how to be a barber, a fashion designer, you learn how to make shoes, you learn how to make bags, or you go to school. And the, the ones who have money learn a vocation school at the same time. But the ones who don't have money rather choose to go to school, choose to learn a trade. Basically, it's it's become different than that. I didn't learn a trade. I didn't learn a trade because I felt it wasn't for me. It wasn't the kind of thing I wanted to do. You know, sometimes I consider myself not to have any basic skill in life. Um, I don't have any problem solving skills. You know, but because of the internet, um, this was mitigated. But I know, I know my strengths. I know that um. I'm a very creative person when it comes to giving you ideas to grow your business. I'm a very creative person when it comes to like uh, knowing what you should do and what you shouldn't do, uh, procuring solutions for people, um, especially when it comes to finances. I'm very good at that. But then Nigeria does not provide uh, for this kind of skill, basically. So for people, it's majorly go to school. And when you go to school, uh, when you come out, uh, you get any form of job you see out there and start working to take care of responsibilities. So for people, it's more about getting a job to take care of their responsibilities and not to get fulfillment or to mm-hmm. get satisfaction with the kind of job they are doing. They just want to pay their bills. Once they pay their bills, they don't care if they are happy or if they are fulfilled in whatever they are doing because there, 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 there are no jobs to even make you, uh, to even... Uh, give you that, you know, satisfaction of getting fulfillment, you know, because jobs are limited. It's either you take it or you leave it. For mm-hmm. every one job you have, you have about 50 people who are buying for that same job. The competition is so high. People are even getting exploited for looking for jobs. But I think basically there are jobs in Nigeria that can be lucrative, that might be lucrative, I might be wrong. For example, being um, a doctor, for example, should be lucrative because Nigerians are lacking doctors. This is one aspect where we don't have so many people looking for that kind of jobs, mm-hmm. you know, because to even be a doctor is quite difficult and challenging. So now a lot of people go for being a doctor or go for being a nurse or go for being, you know, a, a gynecologist or an oncologist or, or a cardiologist. These are very challenging, you know, professions. So people who are in that in field, you know, get jobs quite well because they are scarce. But for people who are bankers, people who are marketers, who studied marketing, 
we have so many people in this sector and so it makes competition to be very high and at the end of the day majority of people don't actually get the jobs that they actually study as a profession in college so sometimes people decide to be entrepreneurs um, at the end of the day someone can go to school and still come back to get a, a, a vocational trade still come back to get a skill which they can use you know to fund their lives i've seen people who goes on to become professional barbers and um, they go on to make it in life i've seen people who dropped out in colleges to learn trades or become a dg i was hearing a story of a guy who, who whose results in schools in school was so bad he was asked to drop out of school uh, he stopped school and now he's a successful dg that has built a lot of houses and has money and all that so success is kind of relative somehow uh, sometimes the system makes you think you are, you are not good for anything because it's the way it's structured. So the way the system is structured makes people limited to just two choices in life, which is which can be very difficult sometimes. A trade or university? Yeah. And, and, and when you go to university, you come out to start seeking for a job, basically. That's what people do with their degrees, to seek for a job and not to quit jobs. But so are there more people that are trying to like start their own thing now or has that always has it always been like that or is that like a new thing this concept of yeah. like freelance is that new no that's not new but it's yeah. quite alien to some people it's alien it's not new okay. just so people don't alien. people don't understand it yeah people don't understand it and that's because we have um fraudulent schemes in nigeria yeah um, some freelance jobs are, are you know, paraded with fraudulent schemes and people are so scared to be duped of their money. So they either, they don't want to venture into something that would be profitable, but at the same time, they might be duped. The concept of freelancing is, is not, it's not something new, but it's quite alien. So many people do not buy into that idea because, uh, for you to be a freelancer, you have to be creative. You have to create what you can freelance in. As I freelancing from Fiverr. You mentioned it before. I've heard of it before, but what's Fiverr? Yeah, it, it's a place where you can offer any kind of skill you have and you get paid. People who offer jobs meet people who need these skills. I was freelancing on that Fiverr and I was microsourcing on the internet. These are like free um, freelance gigs as well. So freelancing is mostly um, related to the internet. Most people don't do real-time freelancing because it's hard for you to do freelance. One way through you get real-time freelance gigs is Photography, so many people are professional photographers as yeah. well. You have people who are freelance journalists too, you know, they gather stories um, and, and they go to media houses to sell these stories. What about tutoring? Because you were tutoring before, right? Yeah, I was tutoring, but that wasn't a freelance game, oh, okay? I was, I was employed by someone. Would some people try to do that freelance or nobody bothers to do that? Yeah, so many people were doing it. It was quite... The, it, it, it was it was the main job for people who didn't have a job back then. It was the major job for people who, who had abilities to teach others. It was the go-to job for a lot of people. Maybe maybe for, for Americans now. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have the best reputation like uh, these uh, foreign foreign teachers in Japan because a lot of people, they, they don't really know what to do with their life or they don't have any other skills, so they start this. And so at first, I was really embarrassed to say I was teaching English in Japan or in Asia. But <laughs> nowadays, I realize, like, actually, because there's such a low standard for, like, a lot of people just don't care. 
if you can actually, if you actually know how to teach and you care about your students, it can actually be really fun, especially if you don't have a boss. So now I actually like it a lot, but for a long time, I was really embarrassed. Yeah. Well, I was embarrassed too. I was embarrassed to doing really? that. Yeah. It was fun for me. It was, it was fun for me. It was, it was, it was, it was embarrassing for me to, to be tutoring students, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a well-paying job, but it wasn't freelance as well. I was employed by someone to do that. Yeah. You have to get there early in the morning, wear uniforms. Freelancing is not really a thing in Nigeria, basically. It's only done by people who has skills to actually offer. Uh -huh. um, we have people who are script writers who write scripts for movie houses. But not everybody understands this concept yeah. because freelancing isn't something that too many people are, are familiar with, except for some particular kind of people. So uh -huh. that's how it works in Nigeria. It's not what people would depend on to build a family, get married, build a house. So it's, it's not always rated highly. But there's actually a lot of opportunities if people go out of their box, right? Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities when people think out of the box. Uh, Nigerians are differently creative, okay? Nigerians are one of the most creative people in the world. But um, sometimes we are limited. No matter how creative we are, we don't go to the extra mile sometimes. You know, to monetize this creativity, extra mile can be challenging. Not a lot of people can accept these challenges as well. Like when I was on Fiverr, uh, the job I offered, you know, people were, were particularly rejected for a whole lot of times. And I, I have people who, are, who, are, who I did jobs for and they would use my job without actually paying me. But they would tell me the job is actually bad. They wouldn't pay me, but they would go ahead to use the job. Um, not a lot of people could have this kind of patience. Yeah, yeah. Okay? But I kept on doing that without actually earning anything. I kept on doing it. Um, that was a place where I actually like uh, developed my writing skills because I, 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 I had this urge for perfection. I, I would do it over and over and over again. I didn't deem it to be that, that good enough. You have people who are successful YouTubers in Nigeria. I, I consider YouTubing to be freelancing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know. These people are quite creative. You know, um, they have particularly learned from others who does this thing on the internet. You have a huge youtubers on, on the internet and some of these nigerians learns from these youtubers and apply their creative concept it's just about understanding what you can do understanding where the opportunity is and going for it when i talk to younger people now what do you want to do oh, i want to be a youtuber i want to be a twitch streamer or something like that and like uh my parents generation freak out they're just like that's not working <laughs> Right. It's kind of, it's scary to be on the frontier of something. It's scary to be the first one to do something. And there's no guarantee that you're going to succeed. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, you should start a YouTube channel. You're going to be so famous. Right. And it's, it's not yeah. that easy. It's not like you just start a channel and you become famous. Right. Anyone who's tried it's not, it's not like that. It's not easy at all. Yeah. But it's good that there's people in Nigeria doing that. Cause I mean, I think like we need a chance to learn about Nigeria. Are there any people you recommend? Any uh, YouTube channels I can check out? Most Nigerian YouTubers are mutually immediately tech YouTubers. Okay. You don't have a lot of style Nigerian YouTubers. I watched this channel called uh, Badabox, I think. It was on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a YouTube channel. I think it, it was basically like an independent uh, TV channel on YouTube from Nigeria where they showed all this kind of different lifestyle stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah this YouTube YouTubers has to stand out to actually get watched. We'll have to stand out in doing for people to pay attention to you. And that's why it's uh, more tech YouTubers stand out because tech is an aspect where 
um, people want to learn from showing Nigerian scientists about tech. Uh-huh. So that's why tech YouTubers are much more popular than any sort of YouTubers in Nigeria. Do you think like uh, more and more people are going to try that? Yeah, more people are going to try that. I have I have this friend of mine. He's in school. But I was hoping when he comes out of school, he would, you know, go into content creating on YouTube full time. Create contents about lifestyle. Go travel to so many places to show people about the lifestyle and Nigeria and all that. You know, he's, he's very good with the camera. And, and he's very good with, you know, uh, take his stuff. I bring the content. He brings the equipment and, and we do that just, just to grow. Not because we want to actually make money, but because we actually want to diversify into something that, that has the prospect of becoming something in the future. That's just it. I think so many people are going to go into it eventually. Uh, tech has come to stay in Nigeria with the fact that there are not a lot of jobs in the country. Yeah. People are desperate to try different things so you're thinking about doing youtube too yeah yeah he, he's he's going to own the channel but we're going to do the contents together and you know probably pay me maybe after so many years in the channel it decides to be successful it's a 50 50 thing it might work it might not work but who's to say we can't try yeah yeah well you got other stuff going on too so i think i think that's really the the main thing for me once you have other stuff going on you can kind of uh do it more the way you want and usually the way you want to do it if you can make some adjustments the way you want to do it will be more popular than if you just try to make it so that everybody likes it because anyone can make it that way you know you have to show something unique that's you and if you don't show that then somebody else is going to come along and do the same thing better so how do people feel about that though if you tell them that is it something that people can understand or most people can't relate to that? No, I, I don't think most people can relate to that. Most people want to be perfect when they start out with something. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because they are thinking of the gains and the money and all that. So people want to be perfect at, from the goal, not understanding that um, failure is part of the process. When these people try so hard to be perfect, they end up missing the whole concept. You said you want to, you, you might want to move to another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know where? Uh, I don't know where, but I'm, I'm, I'm making plans because it's so complicated now. Now there is not a YouTube channel or a place where I can get information about the, the intricate aspects of so many countries. You know, there are intricate of countries where so many people do not understand, and it's it until you know these things that you can basically make your decisions. Some of the things we read on the internet are not accurate about these places. Sometimes you might you might, you might say, oh, let me search for the, the five most comfortable places to, to migrate to in the world. Right. The information are not even as accurate as what is exactly happening in these places. So at the end of the day, you end up making the wrong choice. You walked with the information. You walked with wrong information. Except visit these countries yourself to particularly know what is going on. So, um, and that's one of the problems because I don't have exact information to places where I might like. I don't think I would consider jumping into these places because I don't know exactly what it feels like to be there. I don't want to work on, on information that I've read online. Uh, this is because countries paint so many good things about them and um, you get to there and it's not the way it is. <laughs> yeah, you get to where it is and it's actually way better or way worse than you. Imagine this. Or is really different? Yeah, it would be totally different from what you have read. And that's one of the things that is delaying me. And and money too is another thing as well. 
these things take a lot of planning. If you don't plan them well, you lose. So many people have gone out of your country and um, they end up getting imprisoned for not knowing how the system works over there. Really? Like these countries. So, yeah. You have so many people. Have Different roles. Yeah. You have people who go to countries and and, and they are deported because they are, they have violated the most simplest of rules that they actually do not know about. Like what? These are, these are, like there are some countries that, that doesn't like loitering. Like if you have been deported or loitering. Deported? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I wonder which countries though, yeah. Because like, I can see that in America and in uh, Japan, I feel like loitering is kind of something where it's it's not exactly illegal, but you can call the police and tell someone, oh, someone's loitering outside. It's not, it's kind of a negative thing that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, but but it's, it's, quite, it's quite more strict in some countries like yeah. that. Wow. As you go to a country that is that that has insecurity purposes and um, and you are loitering in some particular places, you could be taken to prison or you could be deported. So um, knowing some of these intricate informations would essentially enhance you staying in such a country. Some people do not even know the smallest aspect yeah. about where they are going to, and, and they end up feeling because they didn't get to know what they could have. Mm. When I came to Japan, I think I was okay because I spent maybe like three years just watching as much and reading as much and talking to as many people as I could. When I got here, I, the only thing that really gave me a kind of shock was that nobody stared at me. So I just imagined because I looked differently that everybody would be looking at me. But in Japan, people don't really make eye contact. Like they, they try to be polite. So nobody looked at me at all. And I, I guess if you go to the countryside, it's really different. But I was pretty surprised by that. When, when I got here, I was the only foreigner in the whole neighborhood that I was uh, in the first few days. Yeah, everything else, I guess I kind of read up on before. There's some things, though, like, uh, I guess, bragging about your, like, saying something really positive about your girlfriend or about your family. In Japan, it's kind of looked down on because it's seen as an extension of yourself. So if you say, like, I'm the best, I'm the best, it's almost the same when you say your girlfriend's great. Or when you say your 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 mother's a really sweet person, people will say, like, oh, stop bragging. Or they don't say it, but, uh-oh, I think we lost you. Computers hate me. I had a phone that, uh, no, I had a computer. Uh, I bought the computer and I bought the warranty and I brought it home. And the first thing I saw was a blue screen. And so I took it back with the warranty. They said, um, okay, we'll fix it, but it'll take uh, one month. One month later, I got it back. Or two months later, finally, they had it back and it didn't work. So I sent it back again. And then uh, two months later, still didn't work. And they had this deal where if it doesn't work three times, they give you a new computer. Except they said it's a different problem every time, so it doesn't count. And so I never got a new computer, and for about eight months, I didn't have a computer. You didn't get, you get a new one. Uh, in the end, they finally fixed it, and it lasted for about a year and a half before it stopped working. Wow. And my relationship with uh, technology is not so good these days. Uh, nowadays, it's getting better again. With your new iPhone 13, I, I think it would be better. Hope so. If that doesn't work, I'm going to cry. It should be better. It's expensive, so it has to be better. Uh... <laughs> I don't trust that. If someone says it's expensive, so it's better, I immediately just say, but it has to be better. See, <laughs> hope so. But yeah, so what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about getting in trouble for things that you didn't know were illegal in some country. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that happening to some people, actually. I haven't met anyone that actually was deported for that, but I've seen like um, 
especially just kind of uh, social things where people get really freaked out by something. It actually happened to me before. I guess where it was from. And I don't know if this is like a cultural thing or not, but there was this guy, he was actually from Ghana, and she wanted to hang out with me every day because I said we're friends. And I said, that's not what I do with my friends. I don't hang out with them every day. <laughs> I, I, like, I meet my friends once every two or three weeks. But he wanted, he came to my house and he was waiting for me. And I was just kind of, what's going on? Do you don't have food in the house? Do you have food in the house? No, 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 no. We got a long, had a long so conversation. I, that... So why was he coming every day? He didn't have food. I, I, I was thinking maybe because you had something to offer, a drink, a food, and that's why I was coming every day. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think it's just because with his friends at home, he probably meets them every day. And that's what he was used to. Oh. He didn't have other friends here. But there's all kinds of stuff, I feel like, uh, not only based on the country, but based on like what's normal in that group of people too. So I have that problem a lot because I moved around so much. So I do really weird stuff. I sit cross, you know, like, um, I guess we call it Indian style in America. I don't know if that's, uh, you know what I'm talking about with my legs crossed, like meditation style. Yeah, I do that too. I have to do that way in a restaurant. You're not supposed to sit that way in a restaurant in a lot of countries, but I do that all the time and people just kind of look like. You can do that in places like India. You can do that in a, a lot of countries, but like in, in America, it's totally, it's not really normal to do it on a chair. In Japan, it gives off a different vibe when you are doing that. Well, there's some strange. There's some stuff that's just considered rude or it just seems like it's so strange to people. Have you heard any stories about people getting kind of in that weird cultural confusion? Yeah, like uh, it used to happen in the past. I've had stories where people go to other countries and they had problems with the transportation system. Mm. You know, the way the transportation system works in some countries are quite different yeah. than the way it works in some other countries. Yeah. Like, um, um, I've had a man who wanted to alight from the bus, you know, he went to England, mm -hmm. um, instead of, um, pressing a button on the wall to, uh, to come down from the bus, mm -hmm. you know, when he presses that button, um, the driver gets a notification that someone was supposed to come down, you know, but the guy walks up to the driver and said, driver, I'm, I'm going to stop here rather than pressing a button. Okay. So it makes him look strange, stands up from the bus and walks straight to the driver seat and tells him he wants to stop instead of pressing that button that, oh, that shows he wants to come down from the bus. So these things happen and people are like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> This doesn't get you deported. This doesn't get you deported. I hope not. Um, it, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It gives off a, a different vibe. It's kind of a mix-up sometimes that people experience, basically, when they go to so many countries. Like, you know, I've seen in, in a situation where someone who goes to another country and starts asking for a particular kind of food that he eats back in his country, you know, and they're like, we don't sell that stuff here, man. We sell hamburger and, and donuts and all that. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a situation too where someone is used to eating heavy knee and there are some people who eat heavy knee so much like someone like me, I, I eat heavy knee, you know, and um, I eat heavy knee so I'm used to it. So if I want to eat my dinner, I make sure it's very heavy uh -huh. because it sustains me throughout the night. I've gone to a particular kind of restaurant where they say, oh, we're selling this kind of food that is eaten in this country. And, and, and I saw the food that I was supposed to eat at night. It wouldn't even sustain me till, till 11 at night. And they call this dinner. Um, we Nigerians are like that. 
uh, we eat heavily. We are not used to eating two breads and, and one hamburger and an egg. You know, we are used to eating heavily staple food. Um, it's either food, it's either food, it's a bar, or it's um heavy rice and you know it's tea and chicken, a lot of chicken, a lot of meat and all and all that. So we're not used to to eating um breads with, with you know all this kind of toppings on it. Uh, the, the leaves on the bread, things they put on bread, where they call it bread in tutu, and they put all sort of funny stuff inside it. <laughs> like we're not used to eating that, but so many people would eat that. Some people would not. So we have people who go to countries and and find it difficult to adjust to their eating pattern over there, and you know because of that they can't stay in that country. They have to mm-hmm. come back because they don't find it easy to do that. And we have seen people who leave countries because they couldn't adjust to the eating pattern. But the weather, basically, the weather is something else. Some people don't find it easy to adjust to, to the weather. It becomes a huge factor. But some people do not have a choice. They go to countries where it's cold right. and that because they want to hustle, they want to make it big. So many people leave their countries and, and when they don't come back very rich, they are deemed failures. Um, they have to adjust to whatever system or whatever condition they see in that country mm-hmm. just to... They could come back very rich, buy their mom's expensive cars and uh, display to their exes that they are not rich and all sort of things like that. Um, there are so many things that get people easily deported. Um, in Nigeria here, we are used to, when we see a, lot, a young lady we like on the streets, you know, we could easily go to her and say, hey, what's up? I do not like the way you look. Can I have your number? There are some people that will condone that when you go to some countries like that. Although it, it, it can depend on personalities, but see a girl I like on the road in Nigeria, um, it's much more easy for me to get her contacts. Mm. You know, but I don't think do that in some countries. It might be considered big harassment. Mm. Now, yeah. no, that's why that's why foreigners get in trouble in Japan for that. Like not only Nigeria, but Americans maybe get in trouble for that too. So we have this kind of reputation. Everyone says like, um, oh, Americans are really open. <laughs> And it's like, what does open mean? It means they want, they, they're looking for that everywhere. But I think like in, in some places, it doesn't mean it's not necessarily like looking for something negative. It's just like, there are not so many places to meet in Nigeria, right? Yeah, we have so many places to meet in Nigeria. In fact, uh, most businesses are tailored and, and dating and meeting. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, you have so many places in, you have so many businesses who are tailored. Uh, you know, dating sells a lot in Nigeria. Sex and dating sells so much. For example, there was a day I was, I was on a bus, and, and while I was going, um, the person who was driving the bus was like, "Hey, hey, you have five hotels on this street. You have one here. You have one beside it. You have one beside it. You have another one beside it. All because of sex. Uh-huh. Don't like sex so much that you know they can afford you know to rent these places to go in there to have sex. So uh-huh. it sells." Yes, these businesses are tailored to meet these demands. Um, walking up to a girl is, is not considered harassment. Uh, unless you can start doing it in, 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 a, in a crazy way. Quite normal. Yeah, it's quite normal to walk up to a girl. Uh, but when you start doing it quite funny, it becomes public harassment. But then, even if you do it funny, even if you do it overboard, we don't still consider that as embarrassment sometimes. No. We don't see that. As a guy who's in love, who's trying to do too much, something normal. Um, you don't get into um trouble for doing so many things in Nigeria. You could not follow the traffic sign. Um, you could not follow 
traffic lights and you, you can go free for that. Some people go to some other countries and, and they think it's the same and they do the same mistakes and they're arrested for that. One friend on uh, Hive, we were talking, he said he met a girl that he likes, he wants to take her on a date. The concept of a date is really different because he said, um, I don't know where to take her because all the places to take a date are really fancy. And if I take her to a nice place, she's going to get the wrong idea that I have lots of money. I think I know the guy you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Maybe he talked to me about it. Yeah, no, no, he didn't talk to me about it, but oh. there's this thing about Nigerians. You can, you can next people based on some familiar stories. Wow. Get somebody's writing style and give off a whole lot about them. You can say something intricate and somebody use it to connect too many dots in your life and understand so many apps. That's something that is quite similar. So many people live in similar lives in Nigeria. Sorry, it's not very difficult to predict Nigerians. Oh. I, I understand. I know who you're talking about, so I go on. Do you think a lot of people have that experience where it's, it's uh, difficult to find a place to take a date? Or do most people not think about that? They just say like, oh, it's a date, so I'm just going to spend as much money as I have to. Even if it puts me behind, if it sets me back, I don't care because I like her or I want to see where things go or something. Some people um, in a bid to get a girl to like you can spend so much money to impress a particular kind of girl. But it is obviously wrong for people to do this, but they don't just understand it. Well, um, we have all men spending because they want to give off an impression, understanding. So the concept of dating sometimes can be, it can, it can sell, send up the wrong signal. The place you take a girl can give off your financial status, that girl. And sometimes it might send the wrong idea. Somebody might be broke, but uh -huh. they save so hard to take a girl to an expensive place they want to badly get the girl if they're not trying to like uh put up an image of having more money than they have then where can they take where can they go are there places yeah there, yeah there are places where you can you can take a girl uh there are cheap places to take girls to. okay okay uh, yeah and they're expensive places too okay okay so i guess he was kind of stuck in the middle he was thinking i don't want it to be too cheap and i don't want it to be too expensive so maybe in the middle they're That's kind of lacking something Exactly, but but um, that's not my kind of person. Basically, <laughs> um, I'm the kind of person who I I don't like to talk about my finances with someone who I want to take on dates because that's what the relationship would be based on. Yeah. Any, yeah, that's a misconception that a girl gets when you do that. Um, it's important to to fall in love uh, based on things that are non-monetary and non-materialistic. You find someone you love, um. And the person don't mind if, if you're eating, um, if you're going on a date that is worth less than a dollar or going on a date that is not up to five dollars. There are some people who don't mind the amount of money you spend or who don't mind the kind of places you go. But these people are interested in you just because they are interested in you. I get the fact that some guys want to make a very good impression. Um, guys wants to make some good impression. Oh, I think that guy is a gentleman. He took me to a nice place inexpensive meal i think i should date him but that relationship isn't built on what you found in that guy it's built on the prospect of what you're going to enjoy and no long-lasting relationship ever works like that being the love girls like that who when we start talking about love they want to know about money they want to know about where you will take them to um they want to know the kind of bags you buy for them they want to know how much you actually earn consider if they want to be with you or not these things are like that, but naturally, most guys like to make an impression. 
oh, that's not me. That's not me. Um, sometimes I like to give girls wrong impression. Um, sometimes, yeah, I, I like doing that. I like giving them that impression. I don't, I, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I did that too because I thought like if she likes me for you know a lot of people say if you don't have money it's not really uh it's not really time to be dating but uh, that's not that's not true. I always liked dating when I didn't have money because I found that the people that like me they really like me and that's why I ended up in a really good relationship you know and then everything is just up from there you know if the situation changes you should be with a woman who who would know how to basically grow with you. Like a woman who wants to be there with you when you are finished growing, when you've gotten to the apex or the peak of your growth, that's not love if you ask me. But for some people, there's no choice. You know, once they get successful, if they still haven't found someone, then, then they have to do that. But yeah, for someone who's kind of like uh, figuring things out and everything, it's it's not necessarily bad to, to find someone at that time. If, it, the only problem, I think, is that if the two people have a similar idea when they're in one situation, but then the situation changes and they never talk about what they're going to do in, if, if this financial situation changes, suddenly you have more opportunities and two people might kind of have two different ideas about where to take it. You're, you're right about that. Most of the relationships that have really grown, you have people who are coming from a long place or from a really far distance. Mm -hmm. um, most relationships that have seen the light of day um, that has gone on to be useful as uh, some of that relationship that has translated from one stage of life to another stage of life. One of the reasons why rich people or celebrities find it difficult to fall in love is because their expectations are so high, they didn't get to find love when they were nobody. When you see um, successful people fall in love, it's more about the materialistic aspects, you know. I'm all that guy is, is worth 90 million dollars. If I join my my wealth with him, we could build an empire. You know, we could do this, we could do that. And they are not really talking about what actually matters. Mm -hmm. um, compatibility, respect, uh, loyalty, um, acceptance. So many values, you know, that are intrinsic values that should actually hold up the relationship. They don't base their relationship on, on this aspect and and that's why you have so much divorce when it comes to successful people. And that success becomes an ego to how they should basically be human. You know, they are much more successful people more than they are humans. This becomes a really huge problem. Celebrities date celebrities is because they can never trust someone who's not a celebrity, right? They never know, for, like, is this person just kind of using me or something? In some situations, I imagine there might be like a natural chance for them to meet each other. But for the most part, if you're a celebrity, you're just meeting fans and people that they know who you are and they're really excited to meet you and stuff. So it's not really a balanced relationship. That's why it's important to find someone when you are nobody. I understand that. If you like what we do here, find us on social media and let us know. Uncut episodes will be up early on Patreon and any support you make will make it easier to keep doing this. I also have a novella series called Confessions of the Damaged. It follows a man wandering the streets as he sees visions and tries to understand the meaning of his life. You can find links for everything in the description. Whoa.